0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Players Named Later podcast. I'm Ed, that's Dan, he's eating, so he's going to be a minute. But um, if you're hearing us, this may be the first time you're hearing us in two weeks, because last week's show, well, it's lost. And not only is it lost, but it should stay lost, as me and Dan had, well, we sucked. I had the worst week of my life. I went like three and eleven. And Dan, well, Dan didn't do too much better. He was six and eight. As such, he picked up well, he picked up three games on me. He was down two going into this week. And now he's down only one as my bad streak continues. Let's get on to it. Are you ready, Danny Boy? Blah. Yeah, he's ready. All right. So let's start off where the week started off, and that was in Green Bay at the beautiful Lambeau Field, where it was not beautiful for the Wisconsin faithful as the Tennessee Titans improved to 7-3, dropping the Packers to 4-7 with a 27-17 victory. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked bad. He did have a shot at the end of this one, but it was just that. a shot, and he's kind of out of bullets. Do you see this one, Dan? I know you kind of had some big things going on this weekend.
1: So this was one I did get to watch. Um, I thought Rodgers didn't look bad. I just, I think Tennessee just played good. Like there's no other way to describe it. Like that might sound dumb, but like Tennessee was just the better team that night. And I don't think Green Bay looked bad. I just think their defense stepped up.
0: An interesting fact here. Derrick Henry has more touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett or at least he did going into Pickett's Sunday game. That's, that's strange <laughs> for a quarterback to have as many starts as Pickett does and to have a running back with more passing touchdowns. But either way, they didn't need Henry to throw it, but he did. He was two for four for four yard or two for two for four yards and a touchdown. Ryan Tanhill 22 for 27, 333, two TDs, a pick and three sacks. Henry also added 87 yards on 28 carries and a touchdown on the ground and two catches for 45 yards through the air. Traylon Burks, seven catches, 111 yards. Dontrell Hilliard, one catch, 14 yards, and a touchdown. And Austin Hooper, four for four, targets the catches with 36 yards, two TDs, including one off the arm of Derrick Henry. Aaron Rodgers, 24 for 39 227 and two TDs. He did stay upright with only one sack, albeit costly. The Packers, once again, could not run the football. Combined 19 attempts for 56 yards. Not good for the Packers there. And nobody really jumps out on the receiving end as Randall Cobb. Six catches, 73 yards. He was your leading receiver. Alan Lazard targeted 11 times with only five catches. A lot of those were throwaways. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was a game. But if you're the Packers. Traylon Burks. You, okay, shout out a name, sure. Can no, elaborate? I elaborate?
1: Mean, yeah, I mean, seven for seven for 111. Yeah, the I see that. Is, uh-huh. the, the kid is just looks really good. Um, mm-hmm. Now that he's back on the field and healthy, he has someone, I mean, at this point in the season, we kind of know what teams are, but he's someone fantasy viable, and I could see him helping a team potentially win a league moving on. Um, and like he's the best receiver on that team, he's way better than Robert Woods. Hands down,
0: fair enough. The Packers notably went for it on fourth and three with 526 left, and fourth and one with 216 left, and did not pick up those first downs. One coming on an incomplete pass to Alan Lazard, and the other was a run for no gain by Aaron Jones. The Titans were able to seal it from there. <laughs> Largely because of a Traylon Burks 51-yard catch from Ryan Tannehill, which took the football from the Tennessee 44 to the Green Bay 5 at the two-minute warning. So that was the uh, nail in the coffin for a Packers defense, which at times has looked pretty porous. But when you have an offense look as bad as the Packers had all season, that's that's going to happen. Let's move along. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons going to five and six, taking care of the three and eight Chicago bears, 27, 24, spoiling one of the most epic bachelor parties of all time, where a bunch of bears fans went down to Atlanta dressed as Dicka. So yeah, kind of got to love that at the Mercedes Benz stadium. Uh, this one was a tight game all the way through, and it was a young Hoku 53-yard field goal to give the Falcons the lead after David Montgomery, on a two-yard rush, tied the football game with 8:16 remaining. This game was never more than, well, it was a 10-point game after a Justin Fields four-yard rush in the second quarter, but that's as far as either team got. This was a damn good contest that ended with a long field goal and the Bears coming up just a bit short as on their final drive with 113 left on a third and five from their own 30. Justin Fields was intercepted, and that would be that for the Bears. Uh, The Bears are out of this division now, but they are still going to finish ahead of the Packers, maybe. There's a few big games coming down the stretch for these two to decide who gets the moral victory in the North. The Falcons are very much in the playoff picture, Dan.
1: They are um, in that picture in that South division. I mean, I feel like that South division is terrible. I would love to see Tampa not do anything. And Brady just kind of crash and burn here. Um, Fields obviously had another stellar day. Um, just one big mistake with that interception. I'd like to see where this Bears team can go moving forward. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of. Really? I mean, One, one touchdown on the ground, one through the air, one big mistake.
0: I mean, that's not stellar. That's normal. Uh, Justin Fields has Justin Fields has his fifth straight game with a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown, which has tied Kyler Murray for the longest streak since 1950. He was 14 for 21 for 153, a TD, a pick and four sacks. He added. 18 for 85 and a score on the ground. David Montgomery, 17 for 67 and a score. Also, uh, you know, if you're a Bears receiver, you're not getting much work. Uh, Marcus Mariota, 13 for 20, 131 and a score. He added 25 and a score on the ground on 13 carries. Uh, Tyler geyer, 8 for 55 and Corderell Patterson, 10 for 52.
1: They were also a part of that ground attack. Cordell Patterson scored uh, scored a touchdown, too. He did. It's tied the longest record. Well, no, 104 is not the longest. And Cordell
0: record. Patterson did not have a touchdown.
1: He did. He ran a kickoff back for a touchdown, Ed.
0: I stand corrected. Yes, he did. 103 yards, I do believe. Let me double-check that. But, yeah, it... Uh, 104. 104. So semantics there, but yeah, uh, you know, he's good, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's pretty much all we got to speak on from this one. Not, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good for the bears, but there's hope. And that is something that Chicago hasn't felt in a long, long time. Let's the move along to it. Atlanta is on.
1: alive right now in the, in the playoffs. is just kind of astounding to me.
0: Let's talk about a team that's not alive, and that's the Cleveland Browns. There is a lot of things going on in Cleveland, and none of them are good unless you are at the Q. That's what they still call that stadium, right? Where the Cavs play the Q? I'm not sure. i would be honest. It's one of those. It's like Hyde's Field. It's always going to have the same name. I don't care what naming rights you give it. Elsewhere, 31-23 victory for the Buffalo Bills. The Browns started off amazing. Nick Chubb looked good. Amari Cooper, 25 yards from Jacoby Brissett. And everything looked great if you're a Cleveland Brown. And then Buffalo woke up. Tyler Bass kicked his fair share of six field goals in this one from 42, 36, 56, 49, 28, and 39, including kicking an extra point. That's right. Buffalo won this game, 31 points with one touchdown. Uh, This game really wasn't as close as what it appeared as the Browns put up. uh, Let's see, was it seven and six is 13 points in the final four minutes and 11 seconds. And Tyler Bass added a field goal. Uh, The Browns are a mess.
1: Hey, at least you guys got a first round or no, you don't. You traded that for Deshaun Watson. (sighs) Well, you kind of got to start. I mean, there is controversy in
0: Cleveland. It's not at the quarterback spot. Although Jacoby Brissett, 28 for 41, 324, three TDs, no interceptions. He did lose a fumble. He also added 29 yards on the ground. Nick Chubb, 14 carries, 19 yards. That's bad. He also had three catches for 48 yards as Buffalo did a good job keeping the Cleveland ground game in check. Amari Cooper looked like what the Browns wanted to get when they got him. Eight catches, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. DPJ, five catches, 61 yards, and a score. Four, Buffalo. Josh Allen, 18 for 27, 197, and a TD. He was also sacked twice and held to just seven yards on the ground. Devin Singletary and James Cook each had 86 yards, with Singletary's coming on 18 carries and adding a score. And Cook coming on 11 carries. Uh, The lone touchdown went to Stephon Diggs, who was rather upset with his coach after not being targeted hardly at all in the first half. In fact, his first catch came with 14 seconds left in the first half, and it was a five-yard touchdown pass at the back of the end zone. There's a photo floating around on social media, Dan. I'm not sure if you saw it, where it shows the two teams at the end of the game talking to each other. And you see Miles Garrett sitting on the bench by himself. And if that isn't a microcosm of what this Browns team is, I don't know what is. Joe Woods needs fired. The special teams guy needs fired. They had another blocked field goal. Yeah, I mean, you guys talented to be this bad.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's Browns football, baby.
0: They're, they're, there's so much talent on this team. They are just too talented to be, to be this bad. And there's not really much to say there. Buffalo is in the driver's seat, if you want to call it that, with a seven and three record in the AFC East. The Browns dropped to three and seven and are officially out of the race in the North. Well, technically, Buffalo
1: isn't in the driver's seat. Miami is.
0: Well, I mean, when they're so, when they're that close, it does. They still they still play each other one time, right? I so believe
1: they still have one more to go, but I'll tell you this much. I, they still um,
0: control their own destiny then. You what? Go on. Continue. Um,
1: I think Miami's the better team watching how Buffalo's been playing at this point.
0: I don't know, man. Josh Allen's starting to replace Aaron Rodgers as one of those quarterbacks you just never bet against. And as everybody knows, the big story from this one is the snow. 77 inches hit Buffalo, so the game was moved to Detroit. It's okay. I mean, these are two. I know that'd be Herculean to move that many tons of snow out of a stadium to get them to play. But God, I I would have liked to see it. Check this stat out, Dan. The Browns gave up 15 yards, 15 total yards, 15 total yards and three points in the first quarter. And the ensuing three quarters, 28 points on 342 yards. Fire Joe Woods. That's all that can be said.
1: Well, if you know his name at this point, then, yeah, you probably should be fired because nobody should know the special teams coach name.
0: Uh, that's the defensive coordinator. Well, yeah, Okay. okay, okay. Uh, let's talk about a team that will not be firing a coach this week. And one that already has, and that is the Colts falling by a point to the now 9-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles, 17-16. This one happened in Indianapolis as Jeff Saturday falls to 1-1 one and one as a head coach. The Colts had this game in the bag until they didn't. A seven-yard rush from Jalen Hurts with 1.20 left as the seas parted, and he took it up the middle, And a huge extra point by Jake Elliott made this one a 17-16 victory for the best team in the NFL, record-wise,
1: in Philadelphia. Yeah, they are the best team in the NFL, record-wise. I don't know if I'm going to say they're the best team in the NFL with the way they've been playing any longer. So check this out.
0: There are two quarterbacks who have more rushing TDs in their first three years then Jalen Hurts. Can you name them?
1: Uh, Michael Vick. No. Lamar Jackson.
0: No. Who? Josh Allen with, I just, hold on, let me find it again. It's Josh Allen and, with 25 and Cam Newton with 28. In their first three years as a quarterback, those are the three quarterbacks with the most rushing touchdowns. So, figure that out. Jalen Hurts, 18 for 25, 190, ATD, three sacks. He also added 86 yards and a score on 16 rushes on the ground. Fumbled twice, lost one of them. He was your leading rusher for Philadelphia, which is you got to have Miles Sanders do more than 13 for 47 on the ground. Uh, Devonta Smith, six catches, 78 yards. Matt Ryan, 23 for 32, 213, was sacked four times. Most importantly, No turnovers. The lone turnover came from Jonathan Taylor, who lost a fumble, 22 for 84, and a score on the ground, three catches for 10 yards through the air. The Colts, the Colts are going to do just good enough in the draft to keep themselves from getting a
1: franchise player. Um... Well, right now they're sitting 14th with the 14th overall pick with a 4-6-1 record. So they definitely have some work to do if they're looking to get something else. But I I was listening to an interview that Saturday did with McAfee, and he said that – and I believe him just with kind of what we know about Jeff Saturday as a player. Mm -hmm. He said that if the Colts wanted to lose, um, douchebag would have never called him. So you can say his name. I won't say his name. I I don't respect that man.
0: Nah, it's fine. We'll move along. Uh, nothing else really needs to be said there. Like I said, the Colts are going to do just enough to keep themselves from getting a, a stud franchise player and top 10 pick in the draft. Speaking of a team that will guaranteed have a top 10 pick in the draft, whether it be from Cleveland or themselves, the Houston Texans fall to 1-8-1 with a 23-10 home loss to the Washington Commanders, who, check this out, are now 6-5. and and this game was not nearly as close as the 23 to 10 score, as Washington jumped out to a 20 to nothing lead at halftime, thanks to a pair of field goals from Joey Sly. Yep. Yep. Uh, is right? Tw- from 25 and 24 yards. As credit to Houston defense for, I guess, shutting the door in the red zone. If you're looking for a silver lining. Uh, One of those was a Kendall Fuller 37-yard pick six, which opened the scoring just a minute and 44 seconds into the contest. Uh, Tyler Henneke did enough, and that's what you're looking for out of Tyler Henneke: 15 for 27, 191. No TDs, no picks, two rushing yards. He did fumble, but they got it back. The rushing attack for Washington was there. 18 for 72 for Antonio Gibson. Brian Robinson, Jr., 15 for 57 and Curtis Samuel, two for 18. But he did have the lone score in the ground game. Davis Mills is not the answer in Houston. 19 for 33, 169, two picks, five sacks. He was also the leading rusher for the Houston Texans. Five carries, 10 yards and a touchdown. That's right. 10 yards was the leading rusher for the Houston Texans. They combined 16 carries for 21 yards.
1: That's not good. No, it's very, very interesting and very. just I don't even know how to describe this. I mean, Washington did what I thought they were going to do. Um, as far as on the ground, if you have a, if you're if you have a player playing against Houston and they start in the running back position, just start them.
0: Absolutely, that terrible run defense.
1: Like, I don't even, I really don't even know how to describe this one. This is, I mean, this was a game we expected. Now, every team in the NFC East is uh, above above 500, 500. 500. which is ridiculous. So, I mean, there's nothing more to say. It's just, there's really not. I mean, some of these games were at the point in the season where it's like, okay, does anybody have a big game? No. All right. Well, that's kind of what we expected. Um, I mean, the only thing that does suck that I will mention from a fantasy standpoint about this game is the Washington run uh, running game. You have Antonio Gibson and Brian Robertson both back there with pretty much equal touches. Gibson's going to get more of the third down work, it seems, at this point. Um, he's more of a receiving receiving back as well. So just monitor that. But, um, yeah, just pay attention to who they're playing and, and how they're rushing defenses.
0: Pretty much all you got to do. Let's move along and let's go to the Caesars Superdome, which is so weird because I want to call it the Little Caesar Superdome thinking of pizza and not thinking of the casino. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, the Saints improved to four and seven. Taking a look
1: at you, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> Screw you. The Saints <laughs> improved to four and seven with a 27-20 victory over the Los Angeles Rams. Dan, I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. What is the last team to have a losing record after going and winning a Super Bowl? The Ravens? No. Well, what year for the Ravens? 2000. Either way, you're wrong. No, it's the 2003 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That makes sense. That was the Gurdon Super Bowl for them, right? It was. The Rams are 3-7, and seven, so with two losses in the final, what? eight games, they guarantee themselves a losing record. So it's probably going to happen. Matt Stafford, is he injured? Is he okay? We saw Bryce Perkins come into this game. Didn't Stafford go back into concussion protocol? He did. So, yeah. Um, The Rams didn't have a bad offensive day. If you look at the stat books, uh, Tutu Atwell had a 62-yard touchdown catch. Allen Robinson, four catches, 47 yards, and a score. They combined for 148 yards on 30 carries on the ground and went 16 for 28 for 223 and two scores through the air. If if I'm Sean McVay, I mean, that's, what, 371 yards of total offense? I'm taking that every day. Are you taking that every day? I mean, 371 yards of total offense. That's that's a good day at the
1: office. OK. Um, yeah. Is it not? I mean, I mean, I don't know when you still lose. Like, obviously, it wasn't enough. They, they
0: were only credited with 336 because of sack yardage. But still, I mean, yeah, you'd like to, I guess you'd like to see that higher. But <laughs> for a good chunk of the game, you had your backup quarterback in there, too.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, you have a point. So is Cam Akers back? Is he not back? They were trying to trade him. Now they're running him again. Like, what do you do with this guy?
0: 14 um, for 61 on the ground.
1: I mean, for averaging four 4.4 4 a carry, that's not terrible at all. Um, Alan Robinson did come alive a little bit in this game until he went out. Doesn't look like the injuries uh, really, t- a really bad one. So maybe that's something that you can look at there to look forward to. Um, if you are an Allen Robinson owner, but besides this, I got a question for you. At what point did the Rams just shut down Stafford?
0: Uh, last week.
1: I mean, that's what, like, that's what you would have thought, right? Like, I mean, I, I just don't know what you do with him at this point because you're, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, you don't have a first round pick that goes to Detroit. So, well, I'll, it, it comes down to the fact that. Do they want Stafford
0: for next year, or is Stafford telling them this is his last year? Because if if Stafford's saying this is his last year, play him.
1: I mean, no, you probably don't play him because of the injury clauses, which is the whole issue with Matt Ryan in Indianapolis, which is why everybody's surprised that he's still playing. Because Matt Ryan, and I'm sure Stafford doesn't have the, has one too. But if Matt Ryan gets injured and he can't pass a phys- physical due to a football injury, I want to say come like when the league calendar resets, that guarantees Matt Ryan another. 12 something twelve, twelve million 12 million or something like that do you, so do you
0: think that that lion bastard that owns that franchise gives a gives a damn
1: yes because of cap space it counts against the cap
0: oh well like i said do you think he gives a damn
1: uh, if he wants to field a good team he, he will
0: do you think it's about do you think it's about wins for him
1: for for it's for, not no it, it's no. not it's about money I just Um, mean for the Rams, they're in a really, they're just in a really weird spot because you weren't expecting them to play this bad. They don't have a first round pick, so they can't even tank for a good pick because if they tank, they're just tanking for Detroit. So,
0: well, we'll see what comes out of it. An interesting development going on in New Orleans around the quarterback position, and that's Jameis Winston coming out saying basically what everybody agreed with him. It sucks losing your job to an injury, but. After the day Andy Dalton had, he's kind of got to keep going. Dalton was 21 for 25, 260 with three scores. He was sacked three times, which is something you got to worry about. But uh, he's got that Saints offense humming. A lot of that goes to Chris Olave, Five catches, 102 yards, and a score. He was one of three Saints to catch a touchdown. Also, Juwan Johnson and Jarvis Landry who had three catches for 33 yards. One of them was an 18-yard score.
1: So I'm going to disagree with you about the Andy Dalton take you just had. Do you want quarterback rating or QBR? I mean,
0: 149.6. I think he deserves to start next week. Yeah, but let's go back to his two, two previous games before that. Uh, it's not about what you've done. It's what you've done for me lately, Dan.
1: Jameis should have started this game. Uh... should have started. Jameis should have started the Pittsburgh game.
0: Are, oh, wait, are you saying that you're smarter than Dennis Allen?
1: Yes. That's Dennis hard, Allen. Dennis hard, Allen only looked as good as he did because of, um, because of Sean. I can't remember his last name. Sean Payton. Yes. Well,
0: either way, I mean that that's another story for a different time, and maybe we'll talk about that next week after I believe we both have the Saints falling this coming week, do we not? Yeah, both to San Francisco. So that'll be a QB debate we have. On next week's show, let's talk about a team that didn't deserve to win, and neither of these teams deserved to win, and that was the New England Patriots and the New York Jets at Gillette Stadium. The Patriots, thanks to a dumb play by the Jets, took this contest home, ten to three. Both
1: these teams now sit at six and four. Ed, you sent me an interesting stat about the New York uh, about the New York total offense in the second. In the
0: second half, you you care to share it? Well, it's a measurement that I feel that you and your new wife, congratulations, both are very comfortable with 2.7 inches. That is the amount of distance per play that the Jets averaged in the second half. Not feet, not yards, inches. 2.7 inches that the Jets averaged in the second half of this contest. Now the dumb play I am referring to was well uh, the last consequential play of the game. Third and one from the 34-yard line. Zach Wilson throws a pass behind the line of scrimmage to Michael Carter to make it fourth and three. 26 seconds left on your own 32, and they they punt it. I would have put it out of bounds. You don't. I mean, the way your defense is playing, you let them win the game. You go to overtime and you trust them. You don't trust your special teams, and that's what the Jets did. The Jets Br- blew this game hard. Braden Man punted it 52 yards to Marcus Jones, who bobbed and weaved his way through the Jets, I guess, special teams defense, for a touchdown, giving New England a 10-3 to victory. I have a question for you. Sure.
1: How did Be- how did Belichick get Mac Jones to look so good last year, and he just looks like ass this year?
0: Magic.
1: That's what it seems like. No, I- it, it,
0: it go- it's the- Mac Jones looked good because he didn't have to do too much and he had a good defense. But I guess- he didn't have a bad game. His offensive line had a bad game, but Mac he Jones had a twenty point four
1: QBR.
0: That's because he was sacked six times. 23 for 27 and 246. He added three yards on the ground. Damian Harris, eight for 65, and Ramondre Stevenson, 15 for 26. Yikes. In fact, outside of the 30-yard rush by Harris, the Jets did a damn good job on the ground limiting the Patriots to nothing pretty much in the ground game. Nine different Patriots caught the football from Mac Jones, and it was just enough. But this game isn't on Mac Jones. It may be on Zach Wilson, who has a problem now in the locker room. He went 19 for 22, 9 for 22, excuse me, 77 yards. He was sacked four times. He was a leading rusher for the Jets with 26 yards on three carries on the ground. No Jet receiver had more than two catches. Despite the fact Denzel Mims was targeted six times. Burr. That's, 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 that's not good. This um, game was
1: just awful. And Zach Wilson did not handle this well at all from the presser, from everything that I've been reading and the few clips I saw. um, <laughs>
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that. He was asked straight up. If he feels that his performance let the defense down and he's, Simple response was no. A quarterback goes 19 or I keep saying 19. I'm giving him way more credit. Nine for 22. And he looked bad for only 77 yards and he didn't let his defense down. Go on. Um,
1: I don't I mean, I just rather move on. I don't have much to add from this game. I'm not willing to close the book on the Jets yet. Um, I'm not oh, willing. Slam to slam clo- that
0: door! Slam that door! They're going to finish last in this division.
1: Okay, so they got. Just looking at their next four, they can go. T- if they go three and one through their next four, I'm not closing the door. It's, oh God, no! Yeah, that's that's. It's it's the if they go two and two. I don't even think I can close the door then, man. I think that this they might be fighting for a playoff spot down to the wire. They got Bears, Vikings, Bills, Lions, Jags, Seahawks, Dolphins.
0: Well, they do have the Bears at home this coming week, and that's something we disagree on. We'll talk about that later on. How about this for a stat, Dan? Matthew Judon leads the league with 13 and a half sacks. Only one, and we are what? 10 games into the season. Only one New England Patriot in their history has had more sacks than Judon has right now and that was Andre Tippett in 84 and
1: 85 Judon's a monster man He's become one of the best pass rushers in the league He was one of the best pass rushers in the league before I mean when he was a Raven
0: Yeah well you know become means you didn't start that way and no 6-year-old starts that way so he became one He was uh, Both of these teams are now sit at six and four as the playoff race in that AFC East gets tighter and tighter. Let's stay in Gotham. And let's talk about a team that is as underperforming as the Jets. And that's the New York Giants who fell 31 18 to the Detroit Lions who now sit at four and six, the Giants fall seven and three. This game was not nearly as close as what the score predicted as the fourth quarter saw the Giants put up 12 points after a missed extra point and a missed two-point conversion. But yeah, this uh, this the Lions looked good, and the Giants,
1: not so much. So this is my thought on this game. I wish I would have been able to watch it, but I was getting ready to, to get married, um, so mm. that wasn't possible.
0: Yeah, I, rub it in.
1: Golf. Okay, now it makes sense on why the score was so high. I just can't believe golf didn't throw for a single touchdown this whole game and they scored four. It's just mind boggling to me. Jamal Williams had himself a day. Uh, What I did see of this game, though, Daniel Jones did not look terrible. But now looking at the stats here, he did throw two picks. So that clearly changed throughout the course of the day. Um, Saquon, we want to talk about disappointing rushing games.
0: Yeah, he was not good. 15 for 22 on the ground, two for 13 through the air. Daniel Jones, 27 for 44, 341 to TD, two picks, two sacks. He added 50 yards on the ground and a score. As anytime your quarterback is your leading rusher outside of Baltimore, it's
1: not. And maybe Philadelphia and Chicago. It's not a good thing. I, I will say that Daniel Jones can run. He has proven that. So, but I mean, with the way Either Saquon's playing, you have with Saquon, the way Saquon playing. Yeah. I mean, come
0: on. Jared Goff, 17 for 26, 165. No TDs, no picks, no turnovers. Most importantly, Justin Jackson, nine carries, 66 yards. Jamal Williams, 17 carries, 64 yards, and three big touchdowns as he was the star of this contest. DeAndre Swift added five carries for 20 yards and a score on the ground as he had the other score for the Lions. You also had a fumble from Isaiah Hodgins, which was it looks like the only turnover on the ground as Jones did throw those two costly interceptions. The Giants just didn't look good. And maybe it's the case of the Lions being OK.
1: I mean, I wouldn't say that, but let's take a look here. I mean, some of, I mean, New York has beat good some pretty good teams, though. Like it's kind of hard to, I mean, the Ravens, Bears, well, well, I don't know. Maybe the schedule lies a little bit. Yeah, we'll, maybe we'll find we'll find out when they got they got the Cowboys this week. So we'll find out.
0: And that is uh, one of the best traditions in football. That's the Thanksgiving Day game, and the Lions playing on Thanksgiving is as much a part of Americana as apple pie and steroid use in baseball. Let's talk about a team that the Lions hold a victory over, and that's the Baltimore Ravens, 13-3 over the Carolina Panthers, 7-3 in the north now as the Panthers fall to 3-8. The Panthers have a new starting quarterback this week. It's going to be Sam Darnold. As the Ravens didn't really deserve to win this football game. You can argue
1: with me all you want, but they didn't. Uh, do You expect me to argue with you? No, we deserve to lose that game hand over foot. We played terrible. Although Lamar, if Lamar looked like trash. When, I mean, Demarcus Robinson was our number one receiver. I mean, he had himself a game nine for one twenty eight. I mean, Mark Andrews didn't do terrible in his first game back, but we could not get anything going on the ground game. Those that 10 for 46 is very deceiving for Kenyon Drake because he had a long of 29 and it came in the fourth quarter. So um, they, they better get it together. I'll tell you that much. I was a little worried about this coming out of the bye just because it was one of those bad teams. And I'm a little worried about our next our next three games really as well. I mean, we got the Jags, Broncos, and the Steelers coming up, and then we get a bye week against the Browns. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're worried about the Jaguars,
0: the Steelers, and what was that third team? The Broncos. Are you serious right now? Bro, have you seen the way Broncos country rides? Anyway, Baker Mayfield, 21 for 33, 196, two interceptions, four sacks. He was under pressure most of this game. He did add 12 yards on the ground. Deonta Freeman, eight 11 for 24. I mean, the Ravens defense on paper looked like they did well. They forced three turnovers, including, including a shy Smith fumble as he fumbled twice and lost one of them. They did their job. Granted it was against Baker Mayfield, but it was against Baker Mayfield. We'll see how they got going forward. They got, Really four easy games coming up as the Ravens could wind up with 11 wins and not saying they're going to be able to be at that. Get that first that lone first round by. But uh, they're 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 going to be up there. Uh, how about this? You Ravens fan you. The Ravens have the longest streak in the NFL with 12 straight games. With one defensive turnover where they have forced a turnover in 12 consecutive games, the longest streak in the NFL.
1: I don't want to talk about the Ravens anymore.
0: You ready for a hot take? And this is this is one that's definitely incendiary towards you. The Ravens are the Browns with a competent coaching staff.
1: I disagree with that.
0: I, I completely agree with that because I'm oh, right yeah, and you're you wrong. Because
1: you just made the statement. <laughs> Um, here, here's a take for you. Um, the Ravens have a really good shot to win the, to get the number one seed.
0: I'm not saying they don't. I I completely agree with you on that. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they're definitely going to be in that mix. I mean, the final few weeks of the season.
1: So just really quickly, I said I was done talking about them, but now I'm not. Okay. So you have Miami, Kansas city and Baltimore and Tennessee are your four divisional leaders. Sure. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna shoot through these as quick as I possibly can. Baltimore okay. has Jack. Look, you say win or loss. Uh, Jaguars win. Broncos win. Steelers where Pittsburgh doesn't matter. Win Browns where Cleveland loss. Okay, uh, Falcons
0: win where home when. Steelers at home. When?
1: Bengals in Cincinnati. loss. Okay, so you have them taking two two losses there.
0: Going five and two, that puts them at, at 12 and, what, 12 and five? Yes, that that's going to be there. They're And Kansas City's going to be right there, too, but Kansas City's so fickle with that defense, it's
1: going to be something we're going to have to watch because those are going to be the only two teams in the mix. Miami's going to fade. Yeah, and- Miami fades looking at their schedule. They got Texans. They got Texans, 49ers, Chargers, Bills, Packers, what? Patriots, Jets.
0: I could see them losing three or four of those games, maybe five.
1: Man, I just want to look at Kansas City really quick, but I'll wait till we get to Kansas City. To do
0: anyway, that. Let's, let's move along to two coaching staffs that are not the definition of competent. The Las Vegas Raiders in overtime improved to 3-7 and seven as they dropped the Broncos to 3-7 and seven with a 22-16 victory. If you're a Broncos fan, you got to be exhausted. This one happened at Mile High, uh, at Empower Field at Mile High Stadium or at Mile. It's I hate the naming. I, I just hate stadium. I just hate it all. Uh, The Broncos could have s- salted this one away with a first down. They didn't. Ravens got the football. They scored. Two minutes left. Two minutes left. Raiders out of timeouts, third and 10 from the Denver 34. Russ picks this up. Game's over. He doesn't. They punt. Derek Carr gets it on the Raiders 22. Goes down, has Daniel Carlson with 19 seconds left, kicks a field goal. It's good. We go to overtime. Raiders win the toss. And Derek Carr. Finds Devontae Adams for a long touchdown, well, 35 yards, long-ish. Um, that came on the heels of a Foster Moreau 33-yard pass from Derek Carr with a lot of rack coming off the back end of that one. So the Raiders did what they needed to do, and they got this contest home. How about this first stat, Dan? Repeat
1: that and one I, more time, and I couldn't hear you. I'm going to be well, honest.
0: Well, how about this first stat there, bud? Who is the winningest quarterback in overtime history with 10 or more overtime games under their belt? Derek Carr. Derek Carr with an eight and two record. Second is Tom Brady at 10 and four. That just seems like a weird stat to me. Like if you told me Tom Brady, I'd have said, yeah, hands down.
1: It does feel like a really weird stat. I will say that. Um, the only thing I will say, though, is Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. They're just having a really bad year. And I wonder if it is just the coaching staff. I mean, look at Devontae Adams. Oh, Jesus, I, I know you I know you've gone over these numbers, but you have to remember this is the first time I'm really looking at them, too. I've, I got married through the process of this whole game. I haven't so.
0: even gotten to the numbers yet. De- but since you brought it up, Derek Carr, 23 for 37, 307, two TDs. One sack, which is a huge thing for the Raiders, and kind of a tell for how Denver played in this one. Josh Jacobs was the only player that had a rushing attempt for the Raiders, which is super weird in today's NFL. 24 for 109 on the ground. He added three for 51 through the air, including a 43-yard catch. Devontae Adams, once again, force-fed the football. 13 13 targets. Seven receptions, 141 yards, and two touchdowns. Pretty sure he is as advertised for the Raiders. Russ Wilson, 24 for 31, 247. Sacked three times. Latavius Murray, he was your leading rusher for the Denver Broncos. 70 carries, 49 yards, and a score. Nothing else really to note here. These are two bad, bad, bad coached teams. Uh, Max Crosby, though, did have two sacks and a forced fumble. Guy's kind of legit. Like, real legit. Like, he's good. Great, fantastic, excellent analysis from you, Dan. I really appreciate your... Could you not hear me? No, we could not.
1: Oh, well, I mean, you said it. You summed it up.
0: Fine, let's move along. Let's talk about a team that just wants to put this week behind them, much the way I wanted to put last week behind us. Thank God we lost that episode. The Minnesota Vikings fall to 8-2 and two, thanks to a 40-3 to three spanking. This wasn't even a spanking. This, This was, I mean, Adrian Peterson wouldn't have done this. Oh, my God. Okay, we're going to move on. Forty to three to the Dallas Cowboys, who now improved to seven and three. Yikes! This happened also. This was in Minnesota. Did you watch this game? I watched a little. I just know. I like
1: this is one I think I'm gonna go back and watch because I just need to know how this happened.
0: Uh, well, what a coincidence! I'll tell you. Uh, Brett, our uh, Brett Marr field goals from 27, 53 and 60 and 50 would take home would would score some points for the Cowboys Zeke Elliott a one yard rush Tony Pollard a 30 yard catch from Dak Tony Pollard a 68 yard pass from Dak and Zeke another one yard rush as the Cowboys proved exactly what the Cowboys can do by the way the Cowboys were uh, got a point and a half from Vegas on this one I think
1: they covered the spread. Oh uh, no 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 no! Minnesota was getting a point and a half. Well, Dallas was a one and a half point favorite. Let me, which let me say that. still does not make sense to me, but clearly somebody knew something.
0: Right, and clearly they were right. Dak Prescott, twenty two for twenty five, two seventy six and two scores. Cooper Rush, four for five for thirty one yards. So in total, twenty six for thirty for three hundred and seven yards for the Cowboys. By the way, they were not sacked at all. No sacks.
1: Is there a quarterback controversy in Minnesota now? Why? Because Nick Mullins went five for seven.
0: I mean, Kirk Cousins spent, was sacked seven times. That's not good. Andy lost a fumble. He didn't throw a pick, but he was 12 for 23 for 105. Dalvin Cook, 11 for 72 and no catches. So there's that Uh, Tony Pollard, six for one Oh nine and two scores, 15 through the air, 15 for 80 on the ground, Zeke Elliott, 15 for 42 and two scores on the ground, one for five through the air that, and then Malik Davis, seven for 13. So the second and third stringers for Dallas got some work. If Dallas plays like this, now granted, this is an anomaly because I don't. You play this game 99 times and 97 times you don't get this score. Dallas plays like this. They're scary.
1: I would say if you play this game 99 times, 98 of them, you don't get this score or anywhere close to it.
0: No, because I think Jerry Jones will pay the referees at least twice to get a
1: score similar to this. Uh, okay. And uh, now we're talking about match fixing.
0: I mean, I just, I don't like Jerry Jones as a human being. Fair uh, enough. Dallas improves to seven to three. Minnesota falls to eight and two. Never fret, Vikings fans. You're going to win this division. You have New England coming up and New England's offense was terrible. So chances are you're not going to give up another 40 burger to a team at home. Let's move along. Let's talk about a team that is terrible. And that is the Pittsburgh Steelers who played up. To their opponents as they narrowly fell to the Cincinnati Bengals. 37, 30. Although that's kind of deceiving as Najee Harris had a one yard touchdown rush with 45 seconds left to make this a one score contest. A lot of stuff happening in this one. Uh, just a lot of stuff. That was a lot of stuff. Uh, Kenny Pickett, maybe turned a corner. He's still not good. 25 for 42, 265 in a score. He added 14 yards on the ground. Najee Harris, 20 for 90 with two touchdowns, including one in garbage time. And Pat Fryermuth, eight catches, 79 yards. George Pickens, four for 83 and a score and an ejection, which.
1: Oh, I did not know about the ejection. Yeah,
0: he got ejected on just something real stupid. Uh, Joe Burrow, 24 for 39, 355, four TDs, two interceptions, and was sacked twice. T. Higgins, nine catches, 148 yards. Trenton Irwin, three catches, 42 yards, and a score. Oh, Samaje J.P. Dude's a monster. 11 for 30 on the ground, four for 52, and three scores through the air. So Joe Mixon has a huge game. Then you got Samaje J.P. back there. You still got T. Higgins to deal with. You got Tyler Boyd to deal with. Hayden Hurst is an underrated tight end. There's a lot of weapons in Cincinnati if Joe Burrow can find them with the football.
1: And you have Jamar Chase on the bench, but I really wish Pittsburgh would have won this game. Why? Because that would have been a two-game cushion for the Ravens. Oh,
0: gosh. Um, so I got an interesting stat coming out. of Well, two interesting stats coming out of this one. J.J. Watt is the first player. Now, check this out. Check how many qualifiers are in this one. He is the first player with two games against the same opponent with a half a sack and one plus interception in one season in NFL history. Say that again. He is the first player in NFL history with two games against the same opponent with at least half a sack and an interception in the same season. Huh. You want to know something even more surprising?
1: His brother's the other one.
0: No, huh. the first one, Dan. I mean, come on, he just did it this week. Being ridiculous. Cincinnati got its first division win this week. That's so, right. That's right. That tiebreaker is definitely in Baltimore's favor. Um, wow. Joe Burrow also set a record. He threw three to- or He threw three touchdown passes. Two passes that were caught behind the line of scrimmage. That is the most in whatever the football version of StatCast is. That is the most in the StatCast era. Three touchdowns from behind the line of scrimmage. So there's that. I'm so confused with these stats you find. I right, thank the NFL, I found it on their website. Oh, right. uh, Let's 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 move on. Let's move along. Let's go to Kansas City and Los Angeles in the Sunday night game. The Chargers fall by a field goal 30 to 27 to the now eight and two Kansas City Chiefs. This one came down to the wire, and I do not understand how Travis Kelsey can be that wide open. Um, And he was open a lot in this game. Did you watch this one, Dan? I know you were traveling,
1: but. I didn't know. I know that this was definitely I did not get to watch any of this.
0: Six catches, 115 yards, and three touchdowns, including two in the fourth quarter, a 32-yard pass, 10 seconds into the final frame, and a 17-yard pass with 31 seconds left that ultimately proved to be the game-winning score to give Kansas City a 30 to 27 victory. Kelsey had an in-cutting route. The back the defensive back just let him go, and that was that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes 20 for 34, 329 and three TDs. He added 23 yards on the ground. Isaiah Pacheco 15 for 107 on the ground, and Kelsey had the big day through the air with 115 yards. For the Chargers, 23 for 32, 82 TDs, a pick, and five sacks for Justin Herbert. He added 17 yards on the ground. He also had a reception for negative two yards. Austin Eckler 19 for 83 and a score. He added two for 17 through the air. And Josh Palmer, he catches one hundred and six yards and two touchdowns. Keenan Allen had a costly fumble. As did Jarek McKinnon, by the way. But this one, the turnover at the end of the game is what did the Chargers in. Twenty six seconds left. Justin Herbert was looking for Keenan Allen. Nick Bolton intercepted the football. That was that. Granted, it was a garbage time play, but. One of the things that's kind of controversial coming out of this one at the two minute warning, it's first and goal from the Kansas City four. Herbert has the football. They. It's a negative two yard pass with one fifty remaining after a Kansas City timeout, Herbert finds Josh Palmer for a six yard touchdown pass. You gave. You gave Kansas City the football back with one forty six remaining. And where a touchdown was going to give them the victory. That's a lot of time to get Patrick Mahomes. Especially given he had two timeouts with him, too. It's a lot of time to get Patrick
1: Mahomes. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. We've seen this over and over. I don't know why teams do this. We saw it with the Bills twice um, within the last year. Uh, I mean, this is something we see over and over. You can't give that guy time. He can find the ball. He makes the most out of every single play. I do have to say, I'm glad to see the Chargers losing because they were so many teams Super Bowl picks. So many people Super Bowl picks. And I don't know what it is. I just don't, I just don't like Justin Herbert now, anymore. I know you're not a hockey guy, but the Chargers remind me a
0: lot of the Blues and like most of the Blues franchise life where – They're the trendy, they're the sexy pick to win it all. But they never have enough. They're always good, but not great, you know? The Chargers are always really, really good, but not, like, great. And I have a question for you. Justin Herbert, is he Phillip Rivers with a better pull-out game? Uh, Yes, he is. Let's move along. Let's talk about the Monday night football game. And that is the San Francisco 49ers absolutely destroying the Kyler Murray less Arizona Cardinals, 38 to 10. The Niners improved to six and four Cardinals fall to four and seven. By the way, interesting to point out, Kyler Murray hasn't played a game since the last call of duty came out. Just throwing that up. Um, this next show. The Cardinals opened up the scoring in this one with a Matt Prater 40-yard field goal. Then San Francisco woke up. Brandon Ayuk, seven yards from Jimmy G. George Kittle, 39 yards from Jimmy G on a play that I don't understand how he scored. James Conner had a two-yard rush to make this a 14-10 contest. Then San Francisco shut out the Cardinals in the last uh 35 or so minutes. Robbie Gould had a 39-yard field goal right before halftime. Then Debo Samuel, 39 yards on the ground. Brandon Ayuk, 13 yards through the air from Jimmy G. And George Kittle, another 32 yards in the air from Jimmy G. To make this a 38-10 contest. Jimmy Garoppolo, if he, and we all thought he was going to move on from San Francisco, if he doesn't stay in San Francisco, boy, the Colts or the Panthers or the Packers or it's really weird that I don't get to say the Browns in that in this conversation, or the Texans, or the Rams. They're going to get a hell of a quarterback. Uh, Garoppolo twenty for twenty nine, two twenty eight, and four touchdowns. Most important, no turnovers, no sacks. Uh, Elijah Mitchell nine carries, fifty nine yards. Christian McCaffrey seven carries, thirty nine yards. Debo Samuel three for thirty seven, including a thirty nine yard touchdown. Uh, Kyle Husechek. One for four. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, seven catches, 67 yards. He did go over 100. Uh, Debo Samuel, seven catches, 57 yards, narrowly missing 100. He had 94. George Kittle, four catches, 84 yards and two scores. Brandon Ayuk, two catches, 20 yards and two scores. I mean, he's getting it. He's They're getting the ball around. This is going to be a fun team to watch, but... Whoof. They're a tough team to defend. Granted, they played against Colt McCoy. Do you remember Colt McCoy's glory days, Dan?
1: Uh, they were very short lived.
0: In college? No, in the pros. Where did he come from? Texas? Uh, I Oklahoma? can't remember. I feel like I, big I'm country. not a
1: I'm not a college guy. Come on, you know this.
0: Well, I mean the Browns drafted him. I I I should know where he came from. Uh Texas. He came from Texas. He was drafted thing, in the third round by the Cleveland Browns in 2010. In fact, I believe he is the only quarterback from that 2010 class still playing in the NFL.
1: One thing I would like to point out is that, I mean, not even pointed out. It's just insane the amount of touches that these guys get. I mean, Kittle only had four touches, but he had six targets, four for 84 and two touchdowns. That's really good numbers. Christian McCaffrey seven receptions, sixty-seven yards, seven on the ground for thirty-nine, and Elijah Mitchell carrying the ball the most out of anybody, and this is two weeks in a row he's done that. Um, coming back, but he off,
0: only he only carried it nine times,
1: but still had the most, still had the most care, like the the most touches as far as getting the ball handed off to them. I mean, and Devo's still getting hand still getting the ball handed off to him. I don't know. It's just amazing to me what the San Francisco team's done. And they're really fun to watch. I enjoy watching their games. I did watch this on the flight home last night.
0: San Francisco is going to run into the problem that the that a lot of good teams that have more than three stars have. There's only so many offensive snaps. And that's where they're going. That's the problem they're getting into here. Uh Colt McCoy twenty Four for 34, 218, and an interception. Trace McSorley, six completions for 10 yards. Six six of 10 for 59 yards. I just cannot talk. James Conner, 14 for 42, and a score. Uh, Greg Dortch nine catches, 103 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, nine catches, 91 yards. Arizona's got to play better, and maybe Kyrie fixes that. I don't know, but it's not looking
1: good. Anyway, let's move on to our picks. I don't have. Well, much to I do add have two. I do have two saved rounds here on stuff that
0: I did not get to. Minnesota failed again on another nationally televised game. Ho hum. Kirk Cousins kind of sucks. Um, they have the lowest point differential of any team that has started eight and two ever, as they have a negative two point differential, and Denver. Well, I already talked about Russell Wilson not being able to pick up a first down. He is a shell of his former self, and I never thought I would say that Seattle may have gotten the best of that
1: trade when they got Drew Locke. Well, there's no doubt that they got the best of that trade just for the simple fact they got rid of Russ. They're poised to make the playoffs right now, and they still have a top five pick. And
0: they got Drew Locke. Don't underestimate Drew Locke, man. Don't underestimate Drew Locke.
1: Okay, you're right.
0: He was the catalyst in that deal. It wasn't Denver acquiring Russell Wilson. It was Seattle getting Drew Locke. He was the centerpiece of that deal. Okay. Um. Let's talk about our picks this week, and let's rattle them off. We have Buffalo going to Detroit on Thanksgiving and beating the Lions. The big disagreement we have, the Giants will go to Dallas. I have Dallas winning at home. You have the Giants. Why?
1: Um, Man, I don't know. Bounce well, back week for the Giants? Mm,
0: probably not. New England will host Min- – I'm sorry. New England will go to Minnesota. Minnesota will win. Denver goes to Carolina. Why? <laughs> We're picking against Carolina, right? Do we not trust Sam Darnold? Yes. Fair enough. Tampa Bay is going to Cleveland. We both picked Cleveland to beat Tom
1: Brady. Oh, God. I thought you were. I definitely thought you were going to pick Tampa here, but I'm switching just for the like first just for the Oh
0: man. yeah. Yeah, you already said it. You're switching. Switch it. I'm turning it blue. I'm changing it. If you don't change it for me. All right. Baltimore is going to host. I'm sorry. Is going to Jacksonville. Ravens are going to roll. Miami is going to host Houston in a game that will be over by halftime. The Giants are going to Gotham to take on the Jets. I, I'm sorry. The, the Bears are going to Gotham to take on the Jets. I picked the Bears. Not sure why. Oh, yeah. I know why. Because Zach Wilson is a train wreck. And Dan now just changed it to Chicago because he's a dick. Anyway, Cincinnati is going to Tennessee in a game of the week. Cincinnati, we both have as the victors. Atlanta is going to Washington. We both picked Washington. Not really sure why here either. Dan, you got to stop changing picks on me. Man, Dan I don't... has now picked Tennessee <laughs> to beat Cincinnati in Tennessee. Washington over Atlanta. Arizona will fall to the Chargers in the desert. I have the Raiders. You have Seattle in a game that's gonna take place in Washington State, Kansas Why do you City. You have
1: the Raiders.
0: Call it a gut feeling. Okay. I can't I can't give you an answer. i just call it a gut feeling. Uh Kansas City over the Rams. The Niners over New Orleans. Philadelphia hosts Green Bay. And that's a trap game for the Eagles if there ever was one. In fact, that's what I'm saying
1: it is. Uh, I think I'm going to change too. No, you're not. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not.
0: And then the Monday night game, Pittsburgh is going to Indianapolis. We're both picking against Pittsburgh, and we are not picking Indianapolis. Last week, I was eight and six. Dan was nine and five. Overall, ninety-one and seventy-two for me. Ninety and seventy-three for Dan. Thanks to a horrific week number eleven for myself. Now, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the last week of Jacoby Brissett for Cleveland.
1: Yes, 11, that is correct. Yeah, yes, that is correct. Deshaun Watson comes back next week against. Uh...
0: Watch the Twitter melt down what, like more than it's melting down now. If there's a three and out or God forbid a turnover on uh, Watson's first drive. Something like that. It's going to be bad. Uh, My game of the week. I have Kansas City and Los Angeles. It is the late nationally televised game on Sunday. Uh, A loss here to Kansas City will render the Rams completely irrelevant. I'm picking Kansas City. Dan, what is your game of the week?
1: Uh, It's going to be Giants and Dallas. It's a pivotal game for that division. Um, I know the Philly has a, a nice, comfy lead there, but... I just think you, that's going to be a good game. It's on a Thursday. It's tradition. So, yeah.
0: And what game was that again?
1: Giants-Dallas? Dallas? Yes.
0: All right. Fair enough. Um, so, we shall see. I still have a two-game lead on you on our games of the week. Dan, we had to rush through this one. A lot of stuff to cover. We're going to have a lot more to cover next week. But that is going to be the end of this edition of the Players Be Named Later podcast. We're going to try to do better next week, and I will guarantee this episode will actually get published. Who knows? Maybe I'll find the other episode. We'll get them both on the same day. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, Dan, that's going to wrap this one up. You got anything else for us here? I do not. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember... If your team's not doing so hot, it can always be. The players have named later who can make it better. See ya!